You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of For the Love of Music. I have a legendary Robert Williams here today. He used to play with the Beach Boys, but he went on to do some marvelous things that serves humanity. We're going to be talking about his music, and he's going to be playing for us later on. So definitely stay tuned. There's so much information coming your way. We're going to be talking about his beautiful Lover's Power, the book, the app, everything about moving humanity from fear to love. We're also going to be talking about his 108 water device. Again, a beautiful consciousness of uh, water. Don't forget, we are water. It runs through us. Everything around us is that. And so changing that signature of that water can change us. And I think we need a little change, don't you? So we are going to be talking about his music today, but I want to start off with his redirect um, after a near-death experience while he was with the Beach Boys, one of the reasons why he left, and how it's led into his beautiful journey of love is the power, the water, and then we will get into the music. Um, we did do a beautiful show for you the other day, but the tech cards came along and um, deleted it before we managed to do anything. So this is take two, and that only means it's going to be even better than take one. Right, Robert? Absolutely. Yes, indeed, Sarah. <laughs> There's always a reason for everything. And um, it was so illuminating last time. So definitely, we're going to spread our wings this time. And love is power. It's such a simple thing, isn't it? But why can you can we not as a human race grasp the simplicity of the power of love? Are you there? Whoops. <laughs> are we having problems already? <laughs> okay. So you want to leave me in again? Okay. Or, yeah. So love is such a beautiful, simple word. It's a simple act. And yet as human beings, we like to overcomplex things and we do not understand the simplicity and the beauty and the power of love. Why is that, Robert? You know, Sarah, the, uh, the term love is one of those words that can be interpreted in so many ways. And, uh, and it's, it's actually quite a beautiful phenomenon that uh, it is. There is something in the quality of that uh, idea of love that resonates with with all of us. Now, what I'm referring to here and what I think most of us have now realized, at least to a certain degree, is that the love, when we say that love is the power or love is the essence or love is the purpose of our existence, we're not, we're not so much talking about doing something that we consider loving. That is part of it. Those actions are certainly part of love, but the essential love that we're referring to here 
is prior to any kind of doing, prior to any kind of thought even. And it's something that is, is realized between the actions, between the words, between the, the uh, uh, thoughts. And, and so uh, with, with that in mind, we can see that it's difficult to understand uh, being loved, using the power of love, because we've been taught to do things. We've been taught to think and act. And we've been taught to kind of like, uh, worst case, ignore those moments of silence, those moments between the actions in our lives, if not be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're, we are remembering that there is an essential energy that is full of the answers for questions, the solutions to problems. It is the innate intelligence, not restricted just to humans, but through this whole cosmos. And we can talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Basis, though, of those fields of information and those moment-by-moment miracles that are happening. I mean, right now, there are things happening in our bodies that we have no idea, we're not thinking about, but they are keeping us alive and and hopefully thriving and prospering. You know, that innate intelligence is certainly not limited to one human body. So that innate intelligence, but what is the basis of that? What is the basis? What is the purpose? And so in my in my humble opinion, it is to recognize, to realize, to understand that the basis of our awareness, the basis of our consciousness is love. It is something that is, it is programmed in. It is the birthright all, of all of us. And it has tremendous power, tremendous power to heal, to change group consciousness and, and uh, improve the quality of life. Uh, on, on on this planet and the quality of life definitely needs to be improved you know we've we've become very delusional thinking that things improve our quality of life you know the bigger the house the car uh, you know the the more expensive everything is the more important you are the more happy you're going to be and you know this is why i say that eludes human beings is the simplicity of life and that simplicity and that love and that happiness is generally found in just simple joy in moments of joy moments of beauty moments of of laughter you know, seeing something wonderful, taking it in, letting our hearts absorb it, let it run through our very veins, our very being, connecting us, you know, with that beautiful divine source. But we like to overcomplicate everything. And why is that? It is, it's just the conditioning in the, uh, uh, the, the, the phase that we're in as humanity, as human beings, we are, we are in a phase and Phases indicate uh, some kind of temporary time limit. So the the phase that humans had to uh, go through was the individuation phase, the me versus you, mm-hmm. and the tribe versus the other tribe. And there's competition built in on primal impulses to make sure we have food and all of that. So there are there's a legitimate phase that humans. Uh, are still in to a certain degree, but uh, we're in uh, for a more important um, 
conditional experience when humans were were uh, didn't have shelter and uh, supply of food. So that impulse is there to separate, to think that um, there is is danger and, and rightfully so. Now, currently, the the danger that we perceive as a baseline of our lives is is actually the result of mass beliefs. It's mass. It, these are thoughts that have uh, that feed on each other and that uh, add to each other. And uh, it is a um, it is a residual of the phase of separateness. And what we are called to do, and I'm sure your listeners are familiar with this, your, your community is acting as that agent of the opening heart so that the infinite power of love and the infinite resources that are available in that, um, in that awareness of, the, of our opening hearts becomes more uh, active. And here, here's the, I just want to, uh, as we identify from moment to moment, when we remember, let's start there, when we remember, as we identify what we are thinking and what we are feeling, and we just allow that, we don't try to change it, and we don't try to hold on to it. Um, I'm, I'm sure this is not an, un, not an unfamiliar concept, so it's being in the now, mm-hmm. being moment but I would like to add to that phenomenon that once we are allowing our thoughts our, our physical sensations just to be and we become the subjective part of ourselves becomes greater than the thought or the feeling that actually integrates with mass consciousness and I'm it, it's a huge leap of mental understanding but the last 40 years of my research, meaning that if I accept what my body is is going through, what my mind is going through, and I do it with unconditional love, it's an absolute acceptance, not resisting, not holding on. It actually goes into the mass consciousness. It affects groups, it affects families and groups, onward to global consciousness and that's that's the phase we're in is is actually shifting global consciousness the the good vibrations right (laughs) the ripple effect and i don't think people realize that you know when you see a group of people start spewing hate it builds up a hysteria you end up having a mob doing things that when they step back and look at what they've done and go, my God, what did I do? How did I get caught up in that? And they're getting caught up in that vibration of that moment. Well, it's the same thing if people choose to step into a more loving vibration, more caring, more kinder, f- turning up that frequency. It equally has a beautiful ripple effect of inviting you to reach out to care and to extend that loving vibration. It really comes down to what do we choose to feed? Exactly. Where are we putting our attention? Mm-hmm. And that, it, it does sound, it is the, the simplest place of our, of our uh, free will is to ask ourselves, what are we, where's our attention? What are we thinking? But even just that primal awareness. And if the awareness is 
not expanded into something greater than our thoughts, then it's it's a bondage. It's something that will actually constrict and uh, limit our lives. But as we open and allow that awareness to, you can say, become the wide-angle lens to take in the the life in that moment, it 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 activates. It is it, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful phenomenon. It activates that which can not only heal ourselves but others. So the key is awareness. We can put our awareness on our knees. We can put awareness on our feet. That's in the beginning days. We should practice just mm-hmm. shifting our awareness around because we're habituated into our five senses and we live in that small container of the feedback and the outward of energy through our five senses and then the patterns of our lives continue on. We can break those, break is probably too harsh of a word, we can change those patterns. That is the gift of being a human being just by shifting our attention, just by putting our our awareness on something without or with unconditional love as unconditional love and so yes that's the love that's the kind of love we're talking about and how powerful it is you know you hit on it a little earlier when you talk about feeling um we have stepped so much into the importance of thought that we forget that we have you know other cylinders in our body our divine soul you know, that connection uh, to that wonderful divine energy. You, you can call it God, you can call it whatever source you want, but it is that beautiful divine energy that comes in that then resonates with the heart. And the heart in that truth and in that exuberance steps up into our spirit, which is our action. And then our minds know what they, it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. But if we just stay in thought, we will always come up with the buts. Yes, but. What if this happens? Yes, but. But when we step into our divine truth of knowingness and we allow that to feel our knowledge, what we need to know then comes to us and we can act on it in trust and in faith and without any buts to do with it. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well said, Sarah. So the but is a human condition, I feel, right now. You know, in any of the coaching or the people I, I speak to, this word but, you know, and I make I make a joke of it I stand up and start talking you know <laughs> getting the butt going and that's the only butt I want to see as I say to them they laugh and but then comes another butt you know and it's these butts are these patterns that we have of believing that we can't or we're unworthy of love or there isn't anybody worth trusting enough to love uh, what is there to love because of the news all the time because of everything that's going on in the world And when it comes back to the simplicity of it again and changing that vibration, as you said, start small. Pay attention and be aware to the little things around you. The puppies playing, the kids playing, the the wonderful movement of the trees, you know, the sun coming up in your face. It's stop trying to do, you know, writing the thesis, you know, just start putting pen to paper, so to speak, and let the lines come. Yes. Yes, and it's an additive. It, 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 we're, none of us are alone. Mm-hmm. We know that we're all connected at the same time. And there is an evolutionary process that I love this example. In 1954, Roger Bannister, uh, a field and track guy, a runner, he broke the four-minute mile. 
So prior to Roger Bannister, as, as hard as runners would try, they can never break the four-minute mile. And believe me, they tried for years and years, years, probably over a hundred years, but then the, the, you can't trust the timers back then, but certainly from the early 1900s to 1954, nobody was able to do it. Here's the, here's the thing. Humans have already, the humans have always known how to break the four minute mile, but somebody had to break through that restriction of belief that, that we were limited to a, a four and a half minute mile. So Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, and then very fast afterwards, other people started to break that that record. And now, four-minute mile, if you're a track star, you break it. You can do it easily, but somebody had to pave the way. And that's what we're doing now with our attention and with our love. Yes, and that is... Um that I think what we have to look at in life is that nothing, nothing is not achievable. You know, when we decide that we're going to uh, strive for something, you know, we put our heart and soul into it. We put our belief into it. And all we have to do is simply look to the past and say, but somebody did that when nobody believed they could. And look where we are today. Simple thing of look at your cell phones. You know, a computer used to be a city block. That was the size of a computer, and it was very, very limited and very, very slow. Now you can have a computer on your watch, and it can do more than ever that that city block computer could do. It's because people believed they could, or they were willing to explore if they could, and they were willing to be open to what came to them instead of dictating what should come to them, that we have all this innovation today. Well, why are we sending ourselves so short you know, it's the technology that you're using today was somebody's innovative idea because they allowed that channeling of that beautiful divine source of information to come to them and they knew how to take it into action. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. So so uh, the innate intelligence, I use that word, innate, it means built in. It's already there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be added to us. The innate intelligence is already there. Now, the phase we're in is for those fields of information to become active. It's not that they have to be added to us. They just have to be realized. And there's the epiphany. There are the various epiphanies we go through and innovations. And I I want to emphasize that you don't have to, a person doesn't have to have an epiphany to save the rainforest. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be a a global. In fact, it, 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 it shouldn't be. In many ways, our individual expansion of consciousness is much more required, much more valuable to the masses than coming up with some of these global uh, solutions. But uh, so each of us, that's the remembering. We are part of the whole. We are the whole once that subjective relationship with what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're tasting and so forth is identified and then appreciated and loved eventually to the point where we are in that state of love, in that being of love, that's where these influences towards mass consciousness really have strength and power. And, you know, the four-minute miles that 
we've we've laid on society because of the mass belief can be uh, you could say broken. It's like the seed being broken open, and the the chaos will be there to a certain extent before the the boundary is is uh, completely open. But that's what nature does, and that's why a lot of the things that we're seeing today in society, although it's terrible that people are suffering. It's terrible that there's cruelty and tragedy and, and crazy wars. But underneath, there's a movement towards love. There is love that's, that's moving right now, and that's what we're talking about, and that's what we're participating in. Well, you know, sometimes we have to see the worst of humanity for it to ignite us into action to fight against it you know and this is what we are seeing right now we're seeing the worst the, you know the the degradation of what humanity stands for you know being in power and yep. but you know sometimes you need that because people get complacent and we forget all the things that are happening behind closed doors well what's happening right now especially in america is those doors are wide open and we're seeing what they're getting away with and the thing is, they're getting away with it because nobody's standing up against them. And it's an invitation for everyone to stand up, arm in arm, not with pitchforks, but you know, with a united voice, and to say, we will not stand for this, step into humanity. And it's only when the humanity comes together in that love for one another, black, white, pink, yellow polka dot, who cares? When we come together as a human race, do we change the dial? Do we change the frequency? Do we change what's wrong and start putting things right? But we've got to step up into it, haven't we? Not wait for someone else to do it. We are part of the equation. You very well said, Sarah. And, and it's and like I say, and like you said earlier, this is we don't have to uh, it, the, the stepping up that we're talking about is in this moment. It is in this moment. It is in this moment. Who who are we? Who where is our attention? Are we are we overshadowed by our lives or what we are hearing and, and feeling completely obliterating that sense of or that essential reality of ourselves? See, there's the practice. There's the practice. Right now we are bigger than anything we're talking about or anything we're hearing and uh, seeing it, it is just that is the truth, and as that expanded state of consciousness recognizes itself as greater than the body, greater than the mind and the uh, uh, emotions, then uh, that that is a, that is a function of love. Love wants to expand. Love wants to evolve. Love wants more in the direction of less suffering of less uh, cruelty and the diminishment of individual creativity. So that is love in process. It's love that's happening in spite of ourselves, you might say, in spite of our, our minds. That's why it is such a tremendous joy once we let go, once we realize that, oh my gosh, we it is here. It is here. This love is our essence, and we might still have an experience of that love in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain, but as we persist with that relationship with love, then the pain and the suffering, it, it, it will diminish, And it, as it did in my own life, not because 
we we have a plan all worked out in our minds on how it's going to diminish but because that innate intelligence that source of solution that is not limited to one mind or a group mind it's it is unlimited actually and it responds to attention it responds to our awareness that's where these miracles can happen and uh globally we only need a a a small percentage of people functioning from that level functioning from our heart to make a grand effect and we can talk about that that's based on theory and how nature works no, I, 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 I completely agree with that. It's tipping the scale, so to speak. Um, you know, yes. once you're turning that vibration into a different frequency and people are stepping into it, uh, there is no going back for them. There's only going forward. And it's, and it's not just turning up the volume and making it loud. It's extending the harmony. You know, the symphony that uh, starts reaching out on a beautiful, it's like when people meditate and the hum, you know, the hum reaches out, um, or the gongs that reaches out that you know of music, the music reaches out. It's not about reaching a pitch. It's that extension of embracement. And that's, you know, what that beautiful divine energy of this frequency is doing right now when we step into love. Now, one of the things that we have to recognize in our lives is patterns. And, you know, patterning is something that we've been conditioned to to do, you know, the expectation of life, everything being taught that you have got to be to be a validated human being. And we're stepping out of that patterning. So, you know, let's talk about that heart app of how we can get into, you know, because in order to change a pattern, you have to create a new pattern. And you have to do it over and over again until our psyche and our mind register the new pattern. So can you tell yeah. us about that? Sure. So we, we spoke about the innate intelligence and uh, those vibratory fields of information are always there, but they're latent. We don't know that they're there. It's kind of like um, um, a beautiful grand piano that is in the living room, and it has all the notes, and let's say it's perfectly tuned, and it's just there, mm-hmm. but nobody's playing it. No, nobody's nobody's involved with that Steinway piano, but once that involvement occurs, then all the notes are there and all the the potential is there. Now, the the one of the amazing realities that we are approaching is a reality with less suffering. Now, the fields of information for a society with less suffering and then eventually with no suffering, again, the fields of information, how that's going to occur are already there. Already there. The, these were um, uh, uh, written about and actually sung in the ancient societies, and I found them not only in Sanskrit and in the Shankara uh, traditions, but also in, in the Cherokee and in... Uh, Christian writings and uh, the the Kabbalah they're they're all throughout the human relationship with the divine these printed materials have these indications or have in, in many ways in many times actual frequencies actual codes that are regarding the next highest level of human evolution without cruelty without suffering and so forth. So that means if you were in an environment 
that was completely alive with higher consciousness, with unconditional love. We've all may have experienced that. It, it is almost impossible to think a negative thought. If a negative thought gets in our psyche and we're in that environment of love, then we probably can't hold on to it for very long, and and it's certainly not going to be acted upon. That's our key to our future, by the way, is in the environment of higher consciousness, of love, of the heart in its essential, potentially expressed form, we, we can't, we just can't do it. We, we, we have a thought of kicking a dog or doing something much worse. We, we cannot act upon that. It's, it's, it's a reality that is irrevocable because we realize it is ourselves that we are hurting and so forth. Now, this 108, the heart plus application that you refer to, is like the grand piano that's been sitting there waiting. And as we participate with our lives through this awareness that we are beginning to identify and remember through points of the day, the the Steinway piano or these subtle frequencies come in and join us and and contribute to these higher levels of being because they're already there. So the uh, in in ancient Sanskrit writing and uh, art they were mandalas. They were seen as mandalas or written down as mandalas with very explicit angles for each little triangle or each little artistic piece within the, the circle. Same with the Cherokees, and I found them in uh, e- Egyptian. They're there. There's these re- re- there's ratios of angular structures that are part of these art. It, they're art, but the art is an expression of something even more than an individual, which is just fascinating. So there are 108 frequencies. There are 108 codes, 108 fields of information that are about the age without suffering. So uh, in Hinduism, it's when the goddess Saraswati comes. It uh, Each religion has a name for this awakening. It is uh, almost always identified with the awakened and fully adorned and powerful feminine energy. So what uh, I was able to see these mandalas in a near-death experience in 1979, and then I found them in books. And I worked with Professor William Tiller at Stanford University to create field generators, machines, if you will, that actually accentuate and broadcast out these 108 sacred frequencies that are for and about our next highest level of consciousness. So that's what we've been able to do, and it's been quite a quite a series of miracles to get it to, to happen and to get it to be available uh, surprisingly uh, on an app store. So you could, if it, it's available for our cell phones, our smartphones, and uh, we've, we've done a lot of work with this and seen that uh, uh, it, it actually strengthens the human heart, the physical heart. We've done some research that was published in a medical review journal so I'm going right into this this uh, announcement or this offering that if you go to the our website heart uh, sorry loveisthepower.com loveisthepower.com you'll see 
if you have an iPhone, where to go, if you have an Android, where to go. It's a one-time fee of $1.90, I think. One time, and your phone starts to be used as a carrier wave for these ancient and sacred frequencies of higher consciousness. That is really cool. And so the, uh, is it something that you would share or it's just there on the phone automatically um, projecting out or is it something you can listen to? There's no um, music on it. It's, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the subtle vibrations. Mm-hmm. Like so, when you walk, yes. So actually right. by just having it there on the phone, you are unconsciously sending out these, these new codes, these new vibrations. By having it on your phone, you're in that field. Mm-hmm. And the field is resonating with the higher potential of who you are. So it's a little uh, hard to I- explain, but... It's um, elevating your own frequency. Yeah, if you, you know, if we all of a sudden were in a beautiful place in Hawaii, no uh, electronics or crazy, uh, inter- you know, sounds, leaf blowers, whatever it is, <laughs> you know... Uh, Jack Hammers, if we were in a very natural environment, it's not too difficult to imagine. Hopefully, we have those times of vacation and holiday. But if we were just imagine now, we would be more alert. We would be, it would be easier to heal. It would be easier to solve a problem because we're in nature. We're in those frequencies. That's what this heart app does is perhaps not as powerfully as being completely in nature, but it's the same frequencies, it's the same subtle energies that we experience in natural environments. And the thing is, is that so many people find it so hard to get to a natural environment today because, you know, their their phones are rather tools, they're an extension of themselves, they're, they're everything. And if it's going to be so, then by having this app on there, you're actually in a lot of ways of bringing nature to them, but perhaps also... Um, subliminally uh, redirecting their their consciousness and what they're unaware of. So maybe slowing them down? Yeah, and it's also, it's when I when I talked about a person in a higher state of consciousness not able to act on a negative thought, right. and eventually not even have negative thoughts, um, let me emphasize that this app on your phone enhances your creative potential, enhances your dharma, enhances why you're here, your greatest gifts. And we, we know that your greatest gift is not abu- to abuse somebody else, to be cruel. So, so it enhances, and, and, and it also reminds us in a direct way that we don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Right. We don't, you don't have to fall into a pattern of those around us if they are negative patterns. And we're 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 helped. We're helped during this transition, during the bridge, in spite of the noise. Not only mm. leaf blowers and jackhammers, but the noise of hatred, the noise yes. of of judgment. That is now talk about. You don't have to hear that with our ears. It, it's horrible when we do, but we can feel it. We walk into a home. We walk into a a city or to a place. You know. Uh, I, I, I've traveled all over the world, and believe me, I, I, it's not something you have to see or hear. You can feel it when you walk into a city that's full of hatred and fear. And and that's just not the direction for humanity. So this app on your phone continues to remind you, even if you're in those kinds of environments, or even just your day-to-day environment, reflects this 
naturalness, this place of consciousness that is more involved with love, more involved with acceptance. It doesn't diminish your passion to accomplish goals, mm-hmm. or nor does it make you a numb so that if, if a robber comes in and tries to break in your house, nor does it, you know, you don't just sit around and allow that guy. You, you're actually more alert, more able to respond to environmental conditions in these sacred frequencies as well. As you talked about before, awareness. You know, it, half the time people don't realize the choices they're making because they're unaware and if we step into awareness where, you know, there is something there that say, I need to look at this further. I need to make better choices. I need to look at this in, in a different, from a different perspective. And if it's kind of one of those subliminal things that is just asking you to do that, awakening up that awareness so you can make a better choice, you know, that is something we all need. But we get so busy with everything going on in our lives that it's that static that's there all the time that we very very often can't break through so if you have something subtly like this that's breaking through all that static you know through the jackhammer of everyday noise um it starts helping us become aware of what really lies in front of us the beauty the heart you know coming from the heart and seeing things for the beauty and the love and the kindness and the caring rather than seeing things from a more negative uh, obstacle Beautifully said, Sarah. Beautifully said. And it's not, we're not talking about denial. Right. You know, we, we know that we don't have to, we know that there's tragedies and suffering. And there is love. And there is love in the midst. And as we remember, and this is our, this is where our individuality does come in, our ability to choose where our thoughts are, where our awareness is that where, what, are, what is our attention giving us at this point? Where are we placing our power? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it on a, a bunch of negative uh, thinking and judgment of others or worse? Or is it literally on our, in our hearts? Is it looking at the new dawn here that we're experiencing, looking at the, the, the raising consciousness that although many things are breaking down and, and structures are being challenged, there is a raising of consciousness. And we see it in the news. We even see that in the news. Yes. The, the, uh, the day after the inauguration, uh, the women's movement that started about a year, you know, yep. ago, I remember I, I, I wept. Exactly. I yeah. wept. I've been traveling. So I hope, but I, but I, I, I wept because this is, it's these, this, this is, is the, the time. risen conscience, right? This is the yeah. time. And it, and it became, a human movement. It became a human statement, not just a, a, a woman's, uh, you know, women's rights, which is so important to have, but it became a humanitarian yeah. group consciousness. So that's something that is also uh, available to us. Now, you know, we can choose to not not be part, part of that, but who would want to not be part of an awakening consciousness that is based in, in love? That's uh, that's an invi- invitation to who we really are, to a more established state of our own essence. For people that live in hate, for people that live in fear, for people that live in, in insecurity, they are all people that are seeking love. 
They're all seeking yeah. to be loved. They're all seeking to love something. Unfortunately, they're taking the wrong direction and choosing it to be fear, hate, or all that egocentric uh, narcissism. Um, that is all a call for love. It's all a cry out for love. And, you know, the thing is, we have to actually look for the love within us before we can find it in anyone else. Before anybody can love you, you need they need to love you on your in your light in your vibration so we have to find that self love that love of our own lives our own purpose our own meaning before we can actually send out that vibration of that invitation of love to be loved honestly and truly it's not somebody else defining you or loving you to complete you it is you loving yourself to invite that honest love beautiful absolutely Well, now let us, because we could talk about this forever, but I want to go and touch on the water before we get to your music. And people may go, how does the music go with this? And there is a flow that everything that you've done to do with, you know, the vibration of the heart and the frequency, that's music. And with the water that we're going to be talking about, the 108, that also has a beautiful flow, a beautiful frequency. So let's hit on the, the water project as well. As you mentioned earlier, we, the Earth is known as the water planet, mm-hmm. and humans are water creatures. We are, we are at least 75, close to 80% water, and by weight, even more. There's some debate. We could be actually 99% water. Okay, so we, we know that water is the essence of life. It is the, the most common molecule on the planet by large huge jumps it's not like there's water and then other things water is everywhere so the idea that water is one state and no matter what uh let's say we remove the pollution that water uh has the same attributes um depending upon the environmental factors and where it was received from the springs and artesian wells and so forth it it actually uh Water, the structure of the molecules of the water that we are drinking and bathing and showering in uh, is huge. It makes a huge impact on the <clears throat> on the effects of water. So to make this interesting topic a little short, uh, Rustam Roy, uh, professor of material sciences at Penn State, studied waters, different kinds of water, for over 40 years. And what he did was he went around like to the Lourdes, to, to the healing waters of Lourdes and these sacred uh, places where water is at. And he would take samples and then go back to his lab and look at the relationship of the molecules under what's called a Raman spectroscopy. So like a big, big, big microscope that, li- that looks at how molecules are relating to each other. And he found a pattern. Talk about pattern. He found that the healing waters in various locations of the planet had a certain signature, had a certain look to it on the molecular level, including the trace minerals, by the way. It, it, and he said, in almost all cases, there was a certain consistent pattern that if you drink water out of your tap, it's not there. If you drink bottled water uh, from the store, it's also not there. There is a life force potential that is found when it's right there when where nature creates the water and right there where it comes down the streams and so forth. So what we've been able to do is create a 
a, a process where we restructure water. We, okay, we remove the pollution. Of course, that's, you know, of course, you need, you can't have toxic minerals and, and, and poisons in the water. So we remove the, the pollutants. Then we restructure the relationship of the molecules of the water to I emulate or to, to look identical to these healing waters around the planet. So that's our water project, and that's something that we're so excited about because, as we mentioned, every day we're involved with water. Every day mm-hmm. there's – and if that water is not structured in a certain way – oh, here's the, here's the point I was sneaking up to. It's a medium. It's a transference of information. So uh, – there are these fields of information that I spoke about take the form of the information within the water molecule and then get transduced into our physiology. So we're like huge conductors able to receive higher information or not, depending upon the quality of the water that's in our bodies, in our cerebral spinal fluids, and certainly what the water is, the quality of water we're drinking. Mm. You know, I always say that, you know, water is a conduit um, and, you know, we are all water and, of course, I love immersing myself in water because uh, you can feel things in, uh, in there that, you know, you don't feel normally just in body. Um, you know, I'm looking at one of your charts that you have here and, folks, we've done a show completely dedicated to this, so please do go to it because it's uh, one that really gets more in-depth about the, you know, the water is. Um, and it's just just put in um, Robert o. Williams here on selfdiscoveryradio.com and you'll see all his shows come up. But, you know, you're talking about unhealthy charge and a healthy charge. And um, I don't know what MV is, but just even looking at the chart, the logics are, is, um, you know, the higher this uh, M- M- V is uh, you know, obviously it is it is being that conduit being that uh, that frequency just like your heart app is in igniting the heart you know this is doing the same thing with the message in the water so if you're doing both you're really putting your body your mind heart and spirit on on a really beautiful divine frequency that you're, you're so you're so right Sarah and it's not something that I came up with or Professor Tiller came up with. We have unearthed or unveiled these uh, these frequencies that have been around forever. And it's just, that's why it, the, the timing, this phase we're on, the bridge we're on, is such an exciting time because these solutions, these ways in which we can naturally become uh, higher conscious beings more loving beings it's a factor of the water we drink and bathe in it's a factor of the environment the most intimate environment that we're in which is our biofield which is what the cell phone app addresses and these other ways in which our naturalness is given protection our naturalness is is there less hindered by the the patterns and the noise of our of our environments we're seeing so much disease today and so much depression and so much disconnect from living you know the walking dead and and that is because we just don't know how to kind of tune in to our heart's vibration we don't know how to change our frequency within our water 
and we don't know how to tap into these things. So having these things that can help us do it you know, for us, it allows it to subtly you know, penetrate and open up that awakening, open up that awareness and allow us to start seeing life for all the beauty and all that it can be rather than what we've made it be. If we've made it this bad, we have it in us to make it that good. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. And so we just need to change that frequency within our bodies, within our hearts, within our heart, minds and souls. And having things like this, is it's doing the work for you. It's awakening you for you and allows you just to see more of what you now can step into because that work is being done for you. Beautifully said. It's it's uh, it's creating the environment. It's reducing the noise. Mm-hmm. It's creating mm-hmm. the environment for us to be more of who we really are. Now to music and why music is so utterly powerful. You know, music for me is that vibration of music. It's not always the words um, or the instrument. It's you know sometimes. And I realized this from doing um, a quantum speak show uh, of a woman that channels ancient speak. And I realized she, nobody knows what she's saying. Uh, she doesn't know what she's saying, but it's the vibration and the frequency that she's generating. And I realized after listening to the rhythmic of this, the reason why music is so important to me, because I do suffer from depression, and music is the only thing that gets me out of it. And again, we're talking about that beautiful flow and rhythm and rhyme of music and how it creates that fluidity of raising our vibration into a, into a better frequency. Yes. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? Isn't it beautiful that humans have this thing in common? We all enjoy music. We certainly have different tastes. Yes. But music is there. Music is such a part of our lives. And you are, are uh, introducing a very, very important point. That we are on a bridge where we're we're having to face the despair and the cruelty and all kinds of things that cause us to be depressed because they're not within our hearts. They're not mm-hmm. supposed to be within our hearts' vision of reality and their suffering and so forth. So the idea that music can help us transcend those burdens and allow that which is already there flowing inside of us a, a place to express itself through our movement, through our voice, maybe if we want to sing along, you know, this is something that is obviously not analytical. You know, what's the purpose of dancing, right? We're not yes. going anywhere. We are just moving our bodies. This is a hint. We're responding. <laughs> this is a hint. Exactly. This is a hint of being alive. The quality of aliveness isn't all isn't just about going from A to B and accomplishing things. It is about aliveness. It's about dance. It's about music. It's about movement. This is something that is an indication of our future potential because, uh, you know, I remember playing with the Beach Boys and we'd hit good vibrations and the whole, yes. not only the, the seven of us on stage, but the 30,000 people and the ticket sellers and the security people, we were all one. We were all yeah, swaying yeah. with that music. And nobody was saying, wait a minute, this guy over there, uh, what political, does he right. agree with me? You know, <laughs> yeah. or, or wait, that person over there, I'm not sure where he's from. You know, it's dip, like we said earlier, it's 
it was impossible to think such a thought because we were all together with the music. In one vibration, in one good vibration. I actually used the good vibration music as an intro to my shows in the past, and then I got blocked, unfortunately, which is a pity, because I wanted everyone to get onto those good vibrations. Total pity. It's a beautiful Uh, song. It is. And as you said, it transcends, and that's what music does. You know, is. I'm always saying that each one of us is given a gift in life. And, you know, our gift is our instrument. And, you know, we perfect that gift and we bring it along to the orchestra. And then a a symphony is created that then just resonates out and just builds out around and inviting and penetrating for each one of us, getting us up to dance in our own way and our own expression. And we are all musical instruments of some kind, aren't we? Um, Whether we actually do physically play music or whether the music is within us just waiting to be expressed in some form. Music is a thing that transcends any language, um, any faith, any sexual orientation, uh, any political. It is something that unites us. We don't even have to understand the words that could be sung in different languages, but when we get into that rhythm of it, it becomes intoxicating and inviting and liberating. Yes. Yes. Now, I and want you... Yes, go yep. ahead. That's, that is one of the gifts we have, mm-hmm. to, go, mm-hmm. to, to cross this bridge. It's crossing the bridge from an age of suffering, uh, or that includes suffering, I should say, into an age that is free of suffering, free of bondage. And the bridge has music at each step of the yeah. way. It has it has laughter and singing and movement and dance, and we should employ those things. For those of you who who feel like singing in the shower, it's important. It's not just about you in the shower. It mm-hmm. actually has to do with global consciousness yeah. and what is so required these days. Absolutely, singing, dancing, music. I want you to share the this, this story, a beautiful story of Brian Wilson. Um, you know, so wishing that you had like an iPhone or something you could record <laughs> at that time. But just, you know, when we talk about channeling, you know, when you talk about the bridge, I'm just going to give my little perspective of the bridge. The, the hell that we're living in and the discord, the hate and none thing, as I call a third dimension. It's people who choose to be in that and are not yet awoken or not willing to get on the fourth dimensional bridge of awakening and then stepping in, you know, to that fifth dimension of their beautiful divine purpose. Um, when we look at people who channel that beautiful energy, um, they are people that really and utterly know how to bring about that wonderful divine music and energy that transcends us. Could you please share with us a little bit of your experience watching Brian Wilson compose? Brian Wilson, he was is the composer and was the composer of all the great songs of the Beach Boys. And I had the great fortune of being with the Beach Boys and hanging out with all of them, including Brian. And one time uh, we were, everybody had gone home because we weren't able to record anything for various reasons. So Brian was just, I was just hanging out with him. You know, we had uh, pizza or something like that. And he would just start, he would walk over to the piano and start tinkling around, playing something, not really anything, you know? So I was just hanging out with him. It must have been two in the morning. Then, seriously, all of a sudden, he looked different. He stopped. He went to the piano. He sat down. And I came over there, stood by him, and he starts to play this amazing 
beautiful song. I had never heard it before, but it, it certainly had the Beach Boy flair to it, but it was just this amazing melody and rhythm and the whole thing he was playing. And then he was singing, and he would say, this is what I want Mike to sing, and this is what I want Al Jardine to sing, this is what I want Dennis to sing, and this is what I want the drummer to play, and this is what I want the guitar to say. And he had it all at the same time. And and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is like a no, number one hit. Oh, where are the audio engineers, you know? Yes. And he just, he couldn't stop. He was saying, this is where I want you to play saxophone. And here's your exact riff, you know, right here. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. He was tapped in to a creative reservoir uh, that we all have. Each of us have our own quality, our own type of gifts. And when we tap into it, it flows out of us. With Brian Wilson, he was born with uh, an extraordinary ability to create melodies. And like Amadeus, the, the Mozart mm-hmm. movie, where he Amadeus saw everything at once and just wrote it down, whereas others had to, to really work on it. Brian Wilson had to work on it. But you know what? He didn't have to work on the song in his, in his head. He had to work on the limitations of instruments and and audio engineering at that time but he had everything in his head all along it might it might have taken him you know months to to get it out right so then brian wilson would go back to this troubled state he was in and he couldn't really come up with a song so we all just learned to wait for those moments yeah and interesting kind of comparison we can't just immediately create the highest song or the the best book uh, on command, we serve this creative process. It's a process that we learn to to befriend and all and and be alert for those moments where we feel that instinct of creativity. That's when we go to pen and paper or to song and dance or just you know expression in different ways. That is something that's also an indication of this age we're going into because it's it's it it breaks boundaries. It it releases our bondage. Uh, because of new music, of new rhythms, of new expressions of our own beingness. Yes, and, and not to be scared to step into those beingnesses. You know, I've had many a moment like that in my life, and it's actually something that I'm in, in you know, seeking out to, to, to become again, because somewhere along the line, I kind of stepped out of joy. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy what I do, but I kind of lost that connection to this, that beautiful you know, just momentary, spontaneous joy that I used to have, where, you know, dancing on the Montmartre steps to the beat of the drums and then other people around there clapping their hands and chanting my name and and dancing with me and playing instruments and just being in that moment. You know, and those moments stay with you. Those moments are what you carry with you in your life. And every time you remember them, it's a, ah, you know, and it helps open and ignite another one and it's we need to create more of those in our lives don't we we really really do it's not only a joyful uh, uh, experience where we're happy in the moment in my opinion it's actually critical Mm -hmm. that we dance and sing and joy It, it is a it's a vital component of going over this bridge it's a gift we've been given we've been given laughter which is unique to humans we've been given the ability to sing and dance, which for the most part is unique to humans. We've been given the ability to feel that that uh, creative impulse in different ways, art, objects in various forms. 
these are these are uh, gifts for us to to make it to to yeah. make it to the other side. And the more we engage in those gifts, the easier it'll become. I mean, it's surrendering, isn't it? You yeah. know, surrendering to the good vibrations, surrendering to that moment of now, surrendering to that inner voice or that that inner energy that wants to come out and just opening up that channel and allowing things to happen. Surrender your control over it, your dictation over it, what you expect it to be, because uh, it will always disappoint you. When you step into that beautiful surrender of now, the presence, the gift of the present, that is when you truly experience what life is really all about. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, to, to even begin with depression, begin identifying that feeling mm-hmm. and totally accept it. You know, do a, like a regular practice of totally, you're not trying to run, you just, you are depression and you're loving that feeling and it doesn't feel good, but you allow that and then add music to it. Yes. Add song to it, add dance to that relationship. And you're and we. I've experienced it. It's the miracles begin to happen. Yeah. The change, the change of perspective. The body chemistry actually changes. So it's it's a real. I mean, it's not just depression. It's pain. I mean, you know, I suffer from yeah. a few a few ailments that has me in pain a lot and sometimes it you know at different volumes you know you can live with it at a certain volume it's just a partnership that you have and every now and again it turns the volume up on you and because it's a message to tell you you're overdoing it and you've got to to relax inserting the music in there whether you may physically not be able to get up and dance but your spirit is dancing is such a chemistry release in your body and you can feel your entire body just relax yeah yes so having said that, I know you're going to do a couple of pieces of music for us today. One is going to be closing it out, a little uh, melody of your own music and some of the ones that you played with the Beach Boys. But you also have something that you want to play uh, for us along with somebody else um, that you're going to be playing along with. So would, you tell, would you set that up for us, please, love? Yes. Uh, we've all heard of Madonna, and she's a superstar in anybody's uh, uh, definition. Madonna has had two backup singers and dancers that travel with her. Um, she's she's had these two dancers for quite a long time, over over a decade. One of them is Donna DeLore. Her name is Donna DeLore. And if you want to Google her, she's all over the place. You know, she doesn't get any better than than touring as a musician to tour with somebody like Madonna and see the world and have that kind of backup musician musicians behind you donna delory um uh experienced a something that uh, was tragic and and so she decided to use her talent her singing and musical talent to as therapy or as a uh, a way in which to integrate this this thing that happened to her and she started making her own music and that's this, there's a one song that's called um, uh, "Let Thy Will Be Done." It's but it starts out with Om Namah Shivaya, which is a a call to information. She could tell in the beginning of the song she's seeking. She wants to know why there is suffering, why she had to go through this, why children have to go through this. She doesn't say that explicitly, but you can feel it, and she's just saying Om Namah Shivaya as if, "Come on, God, why can't we have?" 
love? Why can't we have more of joy and inner peace and outer expressions of, of love and creativity? And of course, she's searching for that. She can't find it because we're searching for something that already is. So the second half of the song, it's let thy will be done. And you can, you can feel that she's no longer searching for love. She becomes love. And it's the, it's the surrendering of that quest, of that search, in which we now, there's a little dark transition that we go through. I'm unfortunately, the Donna recording did not work. However, he is going to do it for us, and it will be inserted here at a later date. Stay tuned and understand exactly um, why it's so important that you do come back to listen to this music later. Through that surrender, with the surrender, and then there is that peace that begins to grow. And that's the second half of the song that I'd like to play for you and, and play along with. Wonderful. So we're going to be hearing that. So just... Um when you're ready. Okay, great. I'm going to end uh, into that at 140 seconds. It's 101, 40 seconds. Great. So now I'll be... That was beautiful. And, um, you know, the thing about music, and especially when it comes from pain, when it comes from tragedy, there is a truth, a rarity, and an honesty about it that cannot help but go beyond your own heart. It, it immerses itself into every cell of your body. And it allows you to even see your own pain, but your own joy. It's an expression that you cannot deny. And so we can't run from pain, can we? We have to turn and use that pain as our paintbrush, uh, as our musical instrument, as a way of expressing you know, uh, what we've learned from the pain or how it's released us into something else. Yes, indeed. So beautiful. Such a beautiful articulation. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank you for that piece. And, you know, there's so many people that, um, you know, I mean, music is is huge when, you know, you've got your pops and your this and your that. And, and then, you know, the thing about the Beach Boys music, it was good feel music, wasn't it? You know, it spoke to the times, it spoke to the soul and the heart, but it, it was good good feeling music and we need sometimes that don't we we just sometimes just need even you see some of these ridiculous songs there's really nothing to them but they get us going you can't sit still you you know the the hips are going the toes are tapping you, you know it's highly cheesy and repetitive but it unites people and sometimes it's stop looking for the meaning in something and all the meaning is is just to get up and dance Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one one of my favorite quotes, Rudolf Steiner, who was a clairvoyant and and written wrote all kinds of different things, created the Waldorf educational system. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that if if there's a problem in your family, if there's suffering, if there's too much illness, if there's too much unhappiness, he said that he that's because there's not a love, not enough singing, not enough dancing, not enough storytelling. He didn't say not enough doctors, you know. And you know, and he wasn't against medicine folks, and but everything it, has I, its place. But don't rely on it. You know, there's that natural remedy, isn't it? The natural remedy is the music. You know. Yeah. 
and and how it again, as I said, how it penetrates the very cellular structure, raising that healing frequency, and a lot of the time illnesses come about through stress of the illness. If you can reduce the stress, then the body has a beautiful way of healing itself. Maybe along with the help of a doctor or, or healer, but reducing that stress, the body automatically is now got the energy to go about in healing itself but we've got to calm our mind we have to calm our spirit we have to calm our hearts and we have to allow that beautiful divine energy to flow through our body and we can't do that if we're all tense and stressed and music is a beautiful way of releasing that and allowing that energy to get to work beautifully said i totally agree so music for you started off you know you started off with the music and then you know, came into through your life redirect, which I call that when you have a near-death experience, it's your redirect to where you're meant to go, led you to the heart um, app and the power of the heart and the frequency and how important it is, which led you then to the water, the frequency and the, and the, uh, the consciousness that lays in the water. But would you say it has been the good vibrations of music that has been that uh, common denominator through everything? Uh, yes, you know what it is? It's, it is the experience of unconditional love. It is remembering unconditional love, remembering that the essence, this is where we started, isn't it? The essence of the love, the definition we're talking about here is it's a love that is not after something. It's not going towards something. It is the baseline and from that experience of love freedom in the moment present moment freedom creativity comes through sound and through rhythm and through movement those are our initial gifts our hearts beat our hearts beat rhythmically our breaths breathe rhythmically and we become dancers and singers and musicians Right off the bat, when we're in mother's arms, and uh, you know, it's 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 true. It's not just a. a well, I've thought a lot about this uh, as we take a physical form, as we are born. There's there's rhythms. There's the music of our own souls incarnated in our bodies that we're ex- that we live by. You know, it's it's and until we leave our own bodies. There is always the heartbeat, always the rhythms of the, not just the heart, you know, it's, it's how the, the lungs are working, how the organs of our body, it's rhythm, it's rhythm, it's movement, it's a dance, yeah. and there's, there's a song as well. So to answer your questions, your question there, yeah, when I came back into my body and my heart started to beat again and my breath started to breathe again, there was the music and listening to nature, there was this movement of love, this movement of, of aliveness. And it was that music that allowed me and inspired me to, to get up and, and, you know, stay here and, uh, uh, serve the divine as best as I could. And you're right. It is that, that rhythm, that music of the spheres, the rhythm of nature itself, that uh, uh, is still with me, and it's something that uh, I believe will collectively blossom even more than it already has, and that's going to be a sign of this crossing the bridge 
less suffering, more love. Yes. I mean, had you not had that experience, you really wouldn't have actually understood exactly what the music means to you. And you wouldn't have been able to tap into, you know, the heart frequency and understanding the consciousness in there or the consciousness in the water. Is that whatever happens to us in life, you know, along with Donna, the tragedies that come, they are our redirects. They are a death of a life that we're not meant to live to put us on a path of what we're here to do. And sometimes we really need what we call the cosmic two by four to come along and put us on the right direction. And it's it's all okay, isn't it? Because you you know, look what you've brought about for us today. Look at how you're raising that consciousness today. Look at what you're contributing to humanity and freeing humanity from. Um, and this is a beautiful gift. So thank you for your near-death experience and for your awakening. We're all in this together, Sarah. We really are. Uh, I'm just a drop, and we all together are the ocean, and each of our drops add to the ocean. And I truly believe that. I'm not trying to just be modest. It, it is the truth. We are in this together. Each of us has our place in the symphony, as you mentioned earlier, the symphony of the divine, and uh, it depends on timing. Some, you know, uh, it's some, sometimes you're in the symphony and you're just waiting for your moment. You know, you're counting the rest. Other times you have a solo. And like that, we are in this together. We are in the symphony of humanity. And whether we're resting and waiting for our time uh, or preparing, preparing for, for it. Mm-hmm. or singing loudly and dancing with glee, this is all part of the togetherness of human, human, humankind and the humanity of our own essence is, is here upon us now. And so thank you for saying that. And I'm honored to be alive. I'm honored to, to serve the divine as best I can. And I'm honored to feel you and to feel your community and feel this group consciousness that is, that's what it's all about. It is us together. That is making a huge difference. Yes, and I think that's what people are beginning to understand is that it's bringing again your individual instrument, uh, instrument, you know, your gift to the orchestra. You know, the orchestra isn't all a set of drums or all a set, you know, pianos. It's everybody has that individual gift. But your music on your own is is wonderful. But when you unite it with an orchestra, when that symphony begins to play, that harmony that's, that collectively extends and resonates out, that's truly when the music can be felt and can be heard. So it's not about you becoming just one, like a droid, or giving up. It's about you bringing your collective self and contributing. That really bring, becomes the feast of life, which is so beautiful. Beautifully said, yes. So you're going to close us out in a moment with um, a collectiveness of your own music, little bits and pieces that you've put together, and we will close the shows out with that. But um, I'd like you to please go over all your links again and where people can find the Love is the Power app and the book and also the, uh, the water and how people can get hold of you and your book. <laughs> okay. Loveisthepower.com. Loveisthepower.com. You can get the mobile app there. You can also buy the book there. It links over to Amazon. And it has the research we did. Um, If you want to, uh, if you're interested in the water devices, that's on the website called 108.net. 
dot net and this is o n e and then the numbers zero eight we always get zero and old mixed up zero eight so one o eight dot net has the water devices and some of the other things we're doing and I really encourage people to listen to that show uh the water one um you know it's it's uh here as I said, you just put in his name uh Robert o. Williams, and you'll see all of his show, but this is the quantum code you know one awake water, and I really encourage you to to listen to that because it goes in depth to exactly what it does. The other show that uh Robert and I did on love is the power we go even more in depth than we have done today on the power of that love and the power of the app and the power of that lies within us. And it was great to be able to to do a show where we celebrate your music. And um, I don't think we've actually even talked about what your instrument is, because I believe your instrument is your beautiful divine consciousness. But you actually do play an instrument as well. So that's that's all of our each of our instruments is our is our divine consciousness, yes. is our divine and and our uh, personalities. All of that together is our instrument. And I. I am a saxophone player. I play piano and other instruments as well. But sax is my is my main thing. And um, uh, at this point, it's it's going to be my main instrument for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's one you resonate with, and the saxophone, you know, I call it the saxophone. It just has a way of just. I call it the stretching instrument. You know, when it's played, you can actually feel your body just want to stretch right out. You know, you can't yeah. keep you can't keep constraint, can you? You know, with the saxophone, it just wants you to extend out because um, it's such a beautiful instrument. Uh, not one that you normally see people doing solos on, but as an accompaniment, and most certainly as an accompaniment, really brings the depth to the music and that sultriness to the music that maybe some other instruments don't do. So. Um, so they got the loveisthepower dot com, and we have got the water, which is one w oh sorry o n e, and then the number zero eight dot net, and uh, and to reach you, is there any particular place that they can reach you at in any one of the sites? We're building my own website, which is robertwilliams one o eight dot com, robertwilliams one o eight dot com. And um, right now, there's just a little bit on there, but uh, we're going to put all kinds of stuff on there pretty pretty soon. Excellent. So wonderful. And then reach out and, and catch you there. Um, it's always a delight to have you on. I really love you as a soul and as a human being, and I love what you're doing. It is so beautifully simple and so utterly logical and so effortless for anybody to adapt and adopt to. It's what we call the quintessential no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you have a wonderful show. You have you're doing such important work for humanity. So I'm honored to be on your show. I'm honored to know you. Thank you for your kindness, and uh, thank you for your service to to so many people. Uh, well, this is you make it easy when there's people like you around. It's so easy to celebrate you, really, and to share you. <laughs> Most certainly, mm-hmm. and I encourage people to actually. Listen to the show and then listen to it with a group of friends and start having a conversation about what is your conscious awakening? How are you feeling? Don't be afraid to speak about it. Don't worry about what anybody else's opinion is. Speak out to how you feel. And the more you give yourself permission to do that, the more you give yourself permission and and allow yourself to step into that beautiful vibration, the more you will embrace it and the more people will embrace you. So not to be afraid of it. We're going to close out with your music now. 
And uh, I thank you so much for being back on the air with us here again, Rob, Robert. My privilege, Sarah. Thank you. And so now sit back, get into the mood, and he's going to close this up with the music. You'll be able to find this on SoundCloud under Robert or Williams as well at selfdiscoveryradio.com. Actually, it's under plvradio.com. Never, never be able to change that. But you'll find it here on the site, and you can listen to the music and just download that as well. And every time you need a good feeling, listen to his music as well. Okay, folks, so here we go. And catch you later, folks. Bye for now.